Bible reading this morning. Uh, and the Bible reading this morning comes from 3 John, 3 John, which is the third last book of the Bible. And I'll just pray for Brother Willis, who will give us the message in a moment. Uh, dear, dear Heavenly Father, I'd like to just pray for our brother uh, Willis. I uh, just pray, Father, that uh, by your spirit, um, you would speak through him uh, to our hearts, um, that you would transform us uh, by your truth uh, and transform us by your spirit as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, 3 John, the elder, to my friend Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting, is getting along well. It gave me great joy to have some of the brothers come and tell me about your faithfulness in the truth and how you continue to walk in the truth. I have, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Dear friends, you are faithful in what you are doing for the brothers, even though they are strangers to you. They, they have told the church about your love. You, you will do well to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. It was for the sake of the name that they went out, receiving no help from the pagans. We ought, therefore, to show hospitality to such men so that we may work together for the truth. I wrote to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to be first, will have nothing to do with us. So if I come, I will call attention to what he is doing, gossiping maliciously about us. Not satisfied that he is, not not satisfied with that, he refused to welcome the brothers. He also stops those who want to do so and puts them out of the church. Dear friends, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. Anyone who does what is good is from God. Anyone who does what is evil has not seen God. Demetrius is well spoken of by everyone. And, and even by the, the truth itself. We also speak well of him, and you know that our testimony is true. I have, writ- I have much to write to you, but I do not want to do so with pen and ink. I hope to see you soon, and we will talk face to face. Peace, peace to you, my friends. Uh, peace to you. The, the friends here send their, their greetings. Greet the friends by, by name. Uh, morning, everyone. Uh, as I begin today, I wanted to keep your thoughts with the pre-sermon question. Why does truth matter? Why is truth so important? I'm sure you've all heard the saying, uh, truth hurts. And even knowing that the truth hurts, why is it still so important? For us to keep the truth. Uh, To help us get into the idea of why it's so important for us to do this, uh, here are some examples of difficult truths. Uh, For kids, it hurts to find out that Santa or superheroes aren't real. Sorry, kids. Uh, For us males, it's hard to find out the truth that there isn't an instruction manual that explains absolutely everything in life. Uh, It's possible for us to do what most people consider the nice thing 
and keep denying these truths and not per pop a person's bubble. Uh, but here's the thing. It can actually be unloving. Isn't talking about the truth one of the hardest things to do in life? Maybe your relationship with your significant other has been difficult. But you have to address it. Maybe your approach to work has been too relaxed. But you need to do something before you get in trouble. And maybe your sinfulness uh, as a human is seriously affecting you as a Christian. And you need help with dealing with that sin. See, these are all related to some kind of difficult truth. And it would, be, it would be bad to ignore them. So why worry about the truth? Well, I'm going to argue and hopefully show that truth, especially from a Christian perspective, is actually the way that we love. And I don't just mean as in what's truth as in what's true, but hopefully you'll see what I mean by truth itself. Uh, so firstly... Uh, John here talks about the joy that comes from seeing the truth lived out in Gaius and the others. Uh, As John begins his letter to Gaius, even though there isn't much said about him, it's clear that Gaius is really dear to John. Uh, In fact, John prays that everything goes well, verse 2. I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you. Gaius gives John great joy, and even more so, as other Christians tell John about Gaius' faithfulness. And this faithfulness has to do with Gaius walking in the truth, and something I'll explain uh, in just a bit. It's such a big deal to John that he'd rather see Gaius in person rather than continue writing to him. Even though John knows it's important to communicate with him, But have a quick glance at verses 13 to 14. John has a lot to say to Gaius, but he doesn't want to say it over something written. He'd rather do it face to face. He wants to tell this stuff face to face with his brother in the truth. But what is this truth that John keeps talking about? Now you may have noticed, uh, but even just in the first four verses, John talks about walking in the truth three times. This truth is a big enough deal for John to keep talking about it. So let's have a look at what John understands by truth. Uh, Thankfully, John wrote other things to help us understand how we use that word. So firstly, uh, 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 to 10. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. Basically, what John's said here is that the truth involves us being realistic about our sin. 
The truth isn't in people who think they don't have sin. And they're actually deceiving or lying to themselves. Now the second part is in the next chapter, so 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 to 6. We know that we have come, uh, come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. So John's saying here that in order for the truth to be living in you, you need to be doing what Jesus commanded. Clearly, John is saying that truth really matters. And it's actually what connects John to Gaius. In fact, it's what connects all of us Christians. For John, seeing Gaius go on in truth is that source of encouragement for John. He did say, after all, that he rejoiced greatly when the brothers told him that Gaius was walking in the truth. This is John saying that to live out truth is to confess our sins, which is also to live according to Jesus' commands. Now, to illustrate this section, I'm going to tell you a little bit about some uh, people I've had the privilege of meeting in ministry. Um, I've had the pleasure of serving in different ways since uh, 2012, mostly in leading uni students. Uh, One of the main reasons I love serving is because it's a great opportunity to walk alongside Christians and see their growth. Uh, I've served at church here and also worked with a Christian organization called uh, the Australian Fellowship of Evangelical Students, or AFES uh, for short, at the University of Queensland. Uh, These have both been great chances for me to see people grow in their love and knowledge of God and also to see the changes they've gone through as Christians. This is basically what's happening with John and Gaius here. John is clearly encouraged by Gaius, having previously helped Gaius in his growth. And some of the people I've had the privilege in mentoring are also here. And perhaps... You've got someone like that too. Uh, Maybe you've got someone that you had a chance to mentor and you get to see that they've been serving the Lord faithfully. Or there's someone that's mentored you. They'll probably be getting great encouragement in seeing you serve God. There's great encouragement for both mentor and mentee in walking in the truth. Now, going back to what we talked about before, why is it so important that we understand what John means by truth? Because for John, what we see is that it goes hand in hand with love. John opens up this letter by referring to Gaius as his dear friend whom he loves in the truth. He He calls Gaius his dear friend three times throughout this letter. And again, he doesn't want uh, to keep writing to communicate these ideas, these ideas to Gaius, he wants to see him in person and talk to him in person about it. Clearly for John, there's a definite link between love and truth. These two ideas work together, according to John. You can't have one without the other. And here's where things may be a talking point. Neither one trumps the other. 
Now, the New Testament teaches that it's not loving to encourage someone to live in ways that contradicts God's ways. As in, it's not, in, it's not loving to encourage someone in their sin, especially those who claim to be Christian. But here's the tricky thing for us. Uh, in our day and age, we live in a society that doesn't like absolute truth. And any people, groups, or sources that claim to have absolute truth are seen to be oppressive and restrictive. We're shaped in our day and age to think that all claims to truth are extremely significant. And we can't, think, uh, we can't throw any of them out. Now, this usually pushes people to elevate love more uh, because it's more loving to accept and not say that something is wrong. But as we can tell, it's important that we hold love and truth together, not one without the other. And I'd like to say, not one more than the other. They come together as a package. Because if we think that love trumps truth, then we'll argue for acceptance and tolerance, even if certain ideas or practices will stray too far from the truth or the Bible's teachings. This might mean Christians end up arguing for issues such as gay marriage or even abortion, because it would, be, it would be unloving to deny these parties, and because a person's emotional needs are more important than what God teaches. Having said that, it's also possible to go the other way, too far with the truth and forgetting love. Having said that, uh, as we're trying to love people, remember that all people, uh, including ourselves, are sinful and need Jesus' commandments. So maybe that means they'll defend the truth, but with very harsh name-calling. Another way this might play out is if we ever come across a viewpoint or practice that we disagree with, remember to think about or figure out what the Bible says on the matter. Then there's also the contrast. Uh, Whenever we're defending God's word, don't be mean or use insults, as that will likely push people further away from accepting the truth. Remember that we need to hold love and truth together, not one or the other, or one more than the other. Love and truth. Uh, Next, we see that John tells us that love and truth is something that we should be on about as Christians, and it's something that Gaius understood. He understood it enough to be helping along Christians who told others about the name of Jesus. Here John says that Gaius is faithful in verse 5 because he's helped along a bunch of Christians to spread God's word. The second half of verse 6 to first half of verse 7. Please please send them on their way in a manner that honors God. It was for the sake of the name Jesus that they went out. Now it sounds like these are people who are traveling along and spreading Jesus' teachings and needed somewhere to stay. Now, much like our ministry workers uh, today, there would have been faithful followers of the Lord Jesus who traveled to spread Jesus' words to people who hadn't heard of him yet. Uh, Internet wasn't a a thing back then. Uh, Neither was the news or newspapers. Uh, But the word about Jesus' teaching was still to go out. And John is really encouraging Gaius to continue doing this. 
Uh, because what does John say about this? You are faithful for doing this. John gives Gaius a big old thumbs up for doing that. He's encouraging Gaius to continue living out the truth. To continue living out what Jesus wants him to do. Uh, what John talks about uh, here, as he encourages Gaius, is that he's living out his Christianity because he's helping the gospel go along and reach new places and new people. Uh, whenever I think about this, I'm reminded of brothers and sisters who are financially supported to live in the truth, to do the work of the gospel. Uh, campus ministry workers, missionaries, pastors. Reminds me of my uh, time before and during my apprenticeship with AFES. See, the way in which um, I made a living with AFES was that the organization paid me a sum of money, but then others were to financially give to AFES. And this was for the sake of me being equipped for a lifetime of ministry, to live a life where I could work in the truth. I asked loved ones to give financially for the sake and cause of the gospel. And this is basically what's going on in this part of today's passage. Just like how John is talking about supporting others as workers of the truth. Today's ministry workers are financially supported by generous people to be workers for the truth. Living that truth out. Now, have a look at what John says to Gaius in the second half of verse 6 and verse 8. Please send them on their way in a manner that honors God, and we ought, therefore, to show hospitality to such people so that we may work together for the truth. John is telling Gaius that it's good to financially support people doing ministry and having done a ministry apprenticeship uh, with an insight into the difficult work that is ministry, I'd love to encourage you all to do the same in supporting the gospel and gospel workers. Uh, particularly since as Christians, we know the great joys and benefits there are to be had with being part of the Christian community. Now, churches, they more or less already do this in the form of uh, the offering or the giving moments in a service. The financial giving is to help make sure that the Bible does go out by supporting those who are skilled and equipped to handle God's word, uh, such as uh, the pastors here. So let me encourage all of us, you could perhaps think to financially support people doing campus ministry or long-term missionary, missionaries. We do financially support some, of, some here after all. Uh, and even in your regular giving, perhaps this can be a point of joy for you to know that your financial giving is supporting the work of the gospel going out. Now, even though this is an important way in which to support the gospel and make sure that it goes out, it's not the only way. Prayer is a huge part to be supporting the gospel and gospel workers. When was the last time you prayed for God's word to continue going out and reaching new hearers? Words of encouragement are extremely helpful too. When was the last time you prayed for your pastor? When was the last time you told your leaders how much you've benefited from their teaching? Take the time to do these things and help the gospel along. 
Uh, Lastly, we're here at the final section of today's passage. In this final section, we see that John speaks about two figures. Firstly, there's a person named Diotrephes. In only two verses, we're given a number of statements about Diotrephes. So he loves to be first. He refuses to welcome the apostles into the church. He maliciously spreads gossip, gossip about men of God. He withholds hospitality from other believers. He requires others to follow his poor example. And he excommunicates, kicks out anyone who crosses him. Now, John mentions us in verse 9 and 10. So, who is, who is he talking about? Who is this us? Well, if you have the ESV, the second half of verse 9 says, does not acknowledge our authority. So John's probably talking about his position as an apostle. Now, clearly this, this Diotrephes guy, is, he's bad news, uh, which is most likely why John encouraged Gaius away from Diotrephes. Why is this Diotrephes guy such a menace? Why is he like this? It's probably not anything theological, or it's not hinted at as being the problem. But Diotrephes seems concerned about social prestige, with John outranking him because he's an apostle. Uh, And according to John, it's likely that Diotrephes' motives were a moral problem. He didn't share God's agenda of making Jesus supreme, but rather himself. Diotrephes is not a person who lives out God's truth. And it's probably why John immediately follows up his description of Diotrephes with, don't imitate what is evil, but what is good. With John then giving an explanation that anyone who does evil hasn't seen God. But then he switches gears and talks about a guy named Demetrius as a recommendation of who to be like. John says, don't imitate what is evil, but what is good. By the way, that Demetrius guy, he's a great guy. Even the truth itself recommends Demetrius. But what does that mean? Is John talking about Jesus here? That's not likely because there's no reference of Jesus here. And we've already established how John uses the term truth. So when John says even the truth recommends Demetrius, he probably means the Christian genuineness of how Demetrius lives. It didn't really need a human witness because it was already self-evident. So self-evident that even the apostles spoke well of him. Demetrius was a great guy to imitate as a person walking in the truth. Uh, in talking about people, examples of people to imitate, um, I remember the situation I had in high school. Um, I did debating for a little bit, and one of my classmates uh, found, this out, found out uh, this about me, and he signed me up for inter-house debating in grade 8. Uh, I had to represent my house to de- debate whether the Simpsons are a good family. Now, the tragic thing was that I was on the against side, and I love the Simpsons, But one of our opponents who was to argue that the Simpsons are a good family said that they were good to watch because they show you how not to behave. So essentially he betrayed his team and he argued for us. 
The last guy on our team happened to be the senior captain of the debating team and pointed that out, saying, thank you, Matty, we'll take it. So much like the situation that John is painting to Gaius, we can look to the Simpsons as a family to learn how not to behave. Don't be like the Simpsons. Don't be like Diotrephes. We can learn from negative examples and not imitate them. Don't imitate people who don't live out God's truth. Instead, be aware of people who live out truth and love and imitate them. But why should we worry so much about the examples set here? Why does it matter how others live? Because it's clear that from John's words, what people say about you actually matters. People's testimony of you matters because it can tell you if you're living out God's truth. The way you live can be an example of what, is, what, is like, uh, what, it's, uh, what it is to be imitated or avoided, much like Demetrius or Diotrephes. The testimony of your living helps to point others, according to John, to the truth. Your living helps others to be realistic about their sinfulness and to know their need for Jesus. And perhaps some good questions to ask yourself for this are, do I care what others think or say about me when it comes to my living as a Christian? Or what do I want others to say of me as a Christian? Your living plays a huge role And it could even serve as an encouragement to others like Gaius has for John. And your living could also be pointed to as the way to be walking in the truth, just like Demetrius did, or as a way that doesn't live out the truth, just like Diotrephes. As a quick reminder, living in the truth is is about acknowledging that we are sinful, and to live out Jesus' commands. And so our living can be used as an encouragement, just like how Demetrius has a good testimony. Well, friends, in looking at this short but still very relevant letter to John, uh, from John, sorry, to Gaius, we've looked at a few things. So firstly, we're reminded of the need to live out the truth as John puts it. The truth is inseparable from love. Love without truth would just end up being too accommodating to anything, even things which God wouldn't accommodate. But truth without love could mean driving people away as we try to defend the truth with unpleasant methods. Clearly, we learn from the first four verses that truth and love go together. Secondly, we learn that it was good and commendable to be supporting people walking in God's truth, such as people doing ministry, because this allows the gospel to continue going forward. And lastly, we see two examples um, that John talks about. So firstly, Diotrephes, the negative example, and Demetrius, the positive example. Clearly, Diotrephes wasn't being helpful at all, with John calling him as someone to avoid imitating, to avoid imitating what is evil, but instead what is good. 
we need to we have to avoid being like uh, people who Im- who walk in the evil, but instead walk in God's truth and imitate that which is good, just like Demetrius. Why? Because people's testimony of you really matters. These are all things which John talks about to help us in our task of living out the truth and loving others with the truth. The truth really matters. It's obvious that it matters to John in this letter, but we know that the truth matters to us. As some small examples, we hate being lied to, or whenever there's something that we don't know, we want to find out the truth. But here's the thing. The truth matters a lot to God. Remember, it's about acknowledging our sinfulness and living out Jesus' commands. So if anything, the truth is the way for us to love people around us. The truth is important. It's something we can't compromise on. Because if we do, we compromise on love. Let me pray. Father, you're a God who cares deeply about truth and love. You are serious about sin, yet perfectly loving at the same time. And we see this so clearly in your word, particularly in what we've read today. Uh, Lord, we confess that our attempts to hold love and truth together often falls flat. Uh, Whether we're too concerned with being right or being too accommodating to others. But Father, thank you for how you sent Jesus to speak about the truth along with love. Thank you that we're reminded of that important relationship between truth and love in your word. We pray and ask that we may grow as your people and followers who seek to live like Jesus and that we live according to the, to the truth with love. Help us to encourage and support our brothers and sisters that are serving in leadership and particularly our brothers and sisters living out the truth as they do paid ministry. Help us also to be mindful about what others think of our Christian living. We pray and ask that we do all these things to live according to the truth, that we can do this so that you may be made supreme, so that others may seek to know you better. In Jesus' name, amen.